Welcome to the Ether. Today is Thursday, September 15th, 2022. Today on the Ether, a Cheppy Space. Obsessions. Let's take a listen. Bruce, did you just wake up or did you get any sleep? Hey. Uh, I slept from um, like 11 p.m. until... No, hang on a minute. I slept from like... 2 a.m. until 8 a.m. And it's now like 10 p.m. You're pretty good then. Yeah, I'm okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, uh, I'm still confused. So, the, uh, it was, so we're going to sort of like rib the Thorchain community for whatever reason? Um, <laughs> I don't know. It, it, that, for me, that was the past. That was like an hour ago. I don't know what the future holds. Yeah, um, yeah. There, I guess. Uh, I just posted uh, that I bought bought Rune a few times. Um, what did I post? That's funny. <laughs> yeah, somebody was like, somebody was like, I, I said Rune is dead, and somebody was like, "How dare you say this?" Da 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 da. da. And then I was like, "Well, Lunk was dead too," and that did amazingly. So, so I'm buying a fuckload of Rune too. Just turn it around. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting that people haven't sorted out uh, the 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 fun and games yet. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so yeah, what's uh, I guess uh, you 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 kind of uh, yesterday missed. I guess when uh, sort of like just Addy and I were left over. <laughs> it's like slowly the the space sort of like dwindled down to like to you know near zero right at the end while we were just hanging out. It's fun. I've um I've got to go and get some some milk and steaks and stuff now, so I might go quiet for a bit. Just trying to find my headphones. So you, are you in a place listen. where normally like you you just walk to get these things? Or are you like in a you usually drive? Like what's your usual transportation thing? Yeah, yeah, just walk in. It's like uh, five minutes away. I'll only be about a quarter of an hour. So yeah. I had to I had to dump off my vehicle at. Uh, like I had all sorts of problems with it. Some like I had like a light that wasn't working and this and that. So I just said, dump it off. And mm-hmm. I was using like a, a Uber or whatever. <laughs> so today I'm like carless. The other day when you were driving, there was like some, some like uh, light sounds. And I was wondering if there's like one fucking nerd in the room who could identify the car from the sound. You know, like I'm there sure. are those, those I'm sure. that see like one panel on a car. And they can say like the model and the year and stuff, like just from a tiny little panel. Um, like it's, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen like on, um, on those like nerd forums, like Reddit and stuff, there are like, yeah, based on like the, the car, object. exactly. Like name, na- na- like find it based on one thing, like a light shape or something. 
yeah 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 <laughs> yeah there's like uh yeah there's the i guess if you play with those things enough you'll get like that that nerdy about it yeah that's the thing like yeah the uh, yeah the a fun subject is kind of like this idea of this um i guess like the ultra enthusiast like super nerd crowd i don't even know i don't even know if the right word is but you know like pretty much anything like that there is a conference for like you would go to an event and you know uh, people just talk about it like i don't know um for example like uh like you know like imagine you can imagine like a stamp collector or something like that right there's only so many of them but the few that there are maybe they're so hardcore about it for whatever reason mm -hmm. that um that you know like they have they know every little stamp and which rare one and like which one has like some flaw making it worth like a lot of money or whatever like what are some of the weirdest uh like like uh little organizations like that that are not mainstream yeah there are also things that have like one one competition a year like one major competition um like i think things like oh, you have things like tetris right <laughs> that are quite funny um, people still play that yeah yeah there's like world champions the you know? and there's a lot of interesting things about tetris like there's what's, being... the, what's the highest level you've made on tetris do you remember oh i don't know I, I remember playing this with like a game boy one of the original game boys yeah like 1990s um i yeah. think i made it to like level i don't remember what it was like maybe 20 i thought i did pretty good but it's it's really fast at that point yeah yeah um but the 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 elite tetris players have so so like it was basically solved strategically like you know how to to organize your blocks and make them land and stuff and depending on the like the structure there's always the best thing to do but the actual controllers have got even better like there's there's this whole evolution of controllers that's happened <laughs> with like with like the specialized and yeah. more and more refined controllers for flipping the pieces and stuff in in fact you know you know what has a similar sort of thing uh like you know rubik's cubes right the little uh so you they have like rubik's cubes built like not by the company but by like other manufacturers yeah yeah and they and you can rotate them super super quick like they're meant yep. for that like like twitch movements right yeah so my little one um he he practices on that thing and he's down to like i think he recorded himself as like be able to finish the thing in like 40 seconds or something ridiculous like this um but yeah there's like a there's definitely like a pattern you follow and then once you get good at it it's like it's like there's just only one right way to do it kind of thing oh exactly uh stuff like um yeah speed cubing and, and tetris and stuff it's like the actual the actual base patterns are fairly simple then you've just got to drill them absolutely rote and then you've got to make sure that the, the actual gear you use like the cubes is fucking fantastic um i have to find i watched a video once of the let me try and walk somewhere i watched a video of the the tetris guys and they're all they've all got like their setup like they all have a different setup at home so they'll bring like their special um cushions and stuff you know like so they have a controller <laughs> they have a cushion you got to put your elbows and get them like, just right it's like they've like it was really funny like this video of um the top tetris competition because every guy seemed to bring um his own chair and his own like setup like one of the guys was sitting on this like spinny chair and on his lap was was like a, a pink cushion and then a book on top of the cushion and then he had his controller with his hands in a particular position above all of that. And it's like he'd, he'd he completely replicated his home setup. <laughs> like he'd brought the whole thing with him to make sure he got exactly the same performance. Really fucking strange and interesting.
Yeah, some people get into like different voodoo too. Like they have like a certain maybe pair of shoes or like some, you know, like little uh, lucky right. pin or some shit that they carry, right? Which is also kind of funny. Like they like they have yep. to have like this, um, they have to get their mind focused on some object, you know, to kind of like reduce their distraction. It's interesting. Uh, ah, Louise, what's up? How's the go, man? Uh... Hey, do you have some like little hobby or something that you're like an ultra nerd with? I mean, I sorry, my English is bad. <laughs> oh, okay, no problem. <laughs> Or no problemo. But you, I, I show your, your cow with coach Brett. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's cool. Good to have you, man. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, like, yeah. What other like nerd communities? Like. Yeah, Addie's not here, but I thought she she would enjoy like the the description of what like the sort of like audiophile sort of nerd community behaves mm -hmm. like, um, and like it, you know, I, it, what, actually, what's more important is like how you go down that rabbit hole. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so you're attracted to this thing, and then you increasingly become sort of you you get drawn into that, and you and and like, what is it that drives you? Like, what is your yep. expectation? Like. Like, is there some like endpoint? Are you seeking like God? Are you seeking perfection? Are you seeking some kind of like, I don't know, acoustic nirvana or some shit, right? Like, like, uh, yeah, it's it's like you go through this, I think, um, period of time also where it's almost um, like it's almost religious in nature, meaning like you don't even know why you believe what you believe. Like you're you have to you self-reflect at some point. You're like, mm, you're like, I think, uh, you know, maybe there's some higher purpose or you know, you just don't, you can't actually like pin down the reason you're even bothering doing what you're doing. Yep. Um, and, and so it's almost like the, the concept of like, you know how some people, I told you, like you go down this rabbit hole when you're a kid of like, Oh, are aliens real? Or, you know, like, what about these, uh, articles people write about like, you know, ancient, uh, crop circles and shit like that. Right. And you go down and you go down this thing. You're like, Hmm, that could be true. Right. Like you start thinking about it for a while. And then you're like, wait a minute. Hmm. Maybe it's not, but then you hear like a more recently about stuff about aliens and you're like, oh, there's some sightings that look kind of credible. Now, what do you now? What do we do? Like, do we like reshape our worldview? But like people that go into these like um, I don't even know what to call them, like enthusiast mm -hmm. uh, loops or whatever you want to say, like these uh, like this extreme sort of obsessions. Yeah, uh, there, there is that like religiosity somewhere in the middle for sure. Sure. I think it's, it's worth um saying the internet has like greatly multiplied the rabbit holes people go down because can you hear me all right by the way i'm just kind of like near yeah traffic. yeah um yeah in in the olden days before the internet you used to have to rely on meeting people near you um to be nerdy with or you'd have to do it alone and a male alone will be less nerdy than males like in a group so now oh, the internet absolutely has come, absolutely let's come around yeah, um, the internet has magnified whatever the fuck I would have done normally. It inter it, it magnified it like a hundredfold. No so it's question. Like, it's like these people who who would otherwise live very far apart can connect with each other. Like uh, I've been into loads of communities, at least like on a kind of a, an observational basis. Things like grip training and stuff are quite interesting. Wabi, if he's here, he can talk about that too. Um, people get really, really into grip training, like the strengthening of the hand um, and using uh, grippers. And this is quite an obscure activity that, that maybe anyone can appreciate on the surface of like, yeah, it's good to have strong hands. It's good for martial arts, good for sports, good for climbing and stuff. But at the same time, like you can go down an endless rabbit hole of grip training 
with this like infinite apparatus, uh, crush grip, pinch grip, um, open hand strength, axle bar strength, like it just goes on and on. And then there are very specific ways to train it. And then there's like a, a whole hierarchy of like who's got the strongest grip in each domain. Um, but you which, know, you know, the funny thing is, though, because, you know, you know, the funny thing is, though, if you're going to get into something obsessive, right? Um, in one way, it's like good if it's not expensive, right? Because like what you're describing costs essentially nothing, right? Almost. Yeah. And but the but I guess the bad thing is, you know, when there's a barrier to entry like cost, it prevents you from going overboard. Right. So it's like, like yeah. the cost of something being either like too cheap or too expensive as far as these kind of rabbit holes, um, I think is a really interesting sort of like a thing too. like like when Addy was talking about sommeliers and whatever you call them, like, you know, for wine, like, holy shit, like if you want to get into that habit, you're talking about like crazy amounts of money. Right. Um, whereas when you're talking about something like what you're just describing, it's like you could do it and be totally poor and not care. So kind of, yeah. it's but fascinating. It's like, yeah. At the same time, like all of it is costly in time. And also with the wine thing, at least you might be drinking and being sociable and getting laid and stuff. But with, if you're doing grip training alone and posting on forums, your latest grip training video and stuff, uh, you're probably not breeding. So like, yeah, I think everyone, everything is like time cost heavy still. And even the, the, and probably you could also say the more expensive things, except maybe stuff like, I don't know, your speaker thing, um, will tend to get you laid more. Not necessarily. Like, there's, there's certainly nothing about it that's going to get you laid. That's for damn sure. What it usually is is like, um, there are certain things that are weird enough that you just simply couldn't admit to uh, a woman, right? Like, they're just so stupid. You're like, well, I'm not going to be honest about this because, like, she's going to think I'm stupid, right? But there's the other things that are like, yep. oh, okay, that's kind of like you know, quirky or engineering or you know, in, you know, whatever, interesting. Um, I get it. Like, I can see why you're sort of like into that, maybe. Right. Like, so there's the things that are like presentable to other people. And there's other things that are just complete dorky nonsense that no one's going to oh, get. Yeah. I, there's a lot of things I've never told women about. And one of them is my Twitter. <laughs> I've never told a girl about my Twitter. Um, and now I'm probably going to have to reverse it. Like, I'm hoping my next girlfriend comes from comes from Twitter. And then it's an interesting situation where she knows, like, my worst parts and like my my deepest unconscious shadow parts in my mind the most despicable, horrible, uh, misogynistic parts of myself, she's going to see them first and then I'm going to meet her physically uh, as an experiment because it's always been the opposite. It's like, you know, I, in real life, I kind of like, um, I don't know, it's still playful, but but like fairly uh, normal and sporty and shit because I've got this background in weightlifting and martial arts and things. So I probably look different than I am online. Um, so I've I've always like attracted kind of normal uh pretty girls and stuff and i just don't think they'd ever appreciate any of this stuff <laughs> you're so gonna meet your wife like, you're gonna meet your wife on here coach yeah yeah i'm hoping to i'm hoping she's in this space somewhere <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny um addy like okay what what is your um uh like so what is your like nerdiest hobby uh is it wine is it what like what's your thing like and, and would you say it's like appropriate to tell other people or is it like so esoteric that people think you're stupid or something? Um, I don't really think I have any like super like nerdy hobbies. I guess the, like I can be obsessive about things, but I think they're all pretty like normal, like girly kind of things. Like 
like I really like I've talked about this I really love Taylor Swift but like I don't think that that's like that strange maybe the degree that I am interested in her is a little weird but like besides that I don't know like reading and like pottery but I don't think like I wouldn't be afraid to tell anyone about those here's a question for you Addie I think you are quite an extreme person because if you weren't, then you wouldn't be on here for like 16 hours sometimes. <laughs> and that makes me think like before you did this spaces thing with me and Sefi, you probably had something else you were like indulging in. Um, I, I reckon there's probably something, some use of time, maybe not a hobby, but like a use of time that you were doing, like just pouring yourself into. Okay, so <laughs> no, I'm going to sound like I'm going to sound insane if I like... Actually, Here we like, go. See, I knew it. <laughs> I told you. What did I okay. tell you, Sophie? It's under there. So, I, but this isn't like a hobby. This is just like one of those things where like I like learned about it and then I had to like, I had to figure out what the answer was. And it was taking up like an exorbitant amount of my time, but it's how I like, it led me to these spaces. Um, But I guess this is sort of just like maybe can sort of illuminate like what my personality is like so I'm gonna sound like a psycho and I would never do that like the the only way I was able to like okay whatever um so there is somebody that I know in in real life that he has a big twitter account um and he wouldn't tell me what it was like it's somebody that I'm seeing and he wouldn't tell me maybe for the same reasons you don't tell women about your Twitter. But the second that I found out there was something that he wasn't telling me. uh, And it's like a very like, um, well, you coach, you're sort of, you're sort of adjacent to them, but a very like sort of interesting subsect of Twitter um, that he's in. And so when he told me that there was something that he had this account, he told me like some of the, like parameters of it like I knew he had between 10,000 and 30,000 followers I knew one account that I was certain that he followed and so I like for days I was doing like I set up this model on excel to analyze that account that I knew that he followed like their followers Mm -hmm. and then based on information I knew about this person and like the number of followers that he had et cetera et cetera and a couple other parameters I so you're like a little, like a little Sherlock uh, Holmes. Yeah, yeah she's kind to of. I All women do this, by the way. Like, yeah. yeah. Do this. Well, this but this is was like to the extreme because I really didn't have much information. I went through, so I, I, I got in and out. Like I downloaded the, like you, like you can download the, like any of your followers. I could basically download information on like anyone that follows you, whatever. So I went through this account that I knew that he followed. Probably had. I think 25,000 followers and I created a model on Excel to sort of parse out certain variables. So I was left with a list of maybe like a thousand accounts that could be his. And so then I went through each account one by one and sort of looked at like the syntax. Wait, how, how many are we talking about here? A thousand. Like around a thousand <laughs> accounts maybe. A thousand. So Hello. Then that like met the parameters that I knew his account met. So between like 10 and 30,000. And then I sort of made some estimates based on when I thought his account was created, like pretty like large, like um, a wide range because I didn't want to like maybe miss the account. And then I went through each account one by one and did like based on information I knew about him and like 
the way that he talks and stuff. I looked at the syntax and the tone of certain tweets and basically at the end of it, like I figured out what account was his, but just like shit like that, like it's more like if I find like, I don't have specific interests, but if I find out something that really sort of like Mm. is like irking me, like I'll do stuff like that. And then he thought I was like, once I told him that I had found the account, he was like, that was so autistic, but like a little bit endearing. Okay. Like stuff like that. Yeah. Um, oh, so you, but, but let me just preface, I would never do that to any of you. Like, I know him in real life. Like, it wasn't like I was doxing him or anything. It was more like, you know, he was trying to be elusive and I wasn't going to, you know, like that. I, I couldn't kind of is like that. Kind of is like doxing. If, but it if, wasn't because I know him and he would no, like, he gave but, me all the information and he knew I was doing it. I told him that I was going to find it. Uh, like, so he was, he was like arousing you with the mystery. Yeah, sort of. And he also... The, so what kind of was, like what kind of mysterious shit did you discover? Like, wh- was it uh, was it good news, bad news? Like, what's what's um, the, what's the lowdown? So it was so, <laughs> he. It, it's a certain type of um, how do I put this? I don't know if I want to like necessarily. Say, it, he. It was a certain type of political political account, sort of like you guys are definitely familiar with the type but yeah um, i have a funny story about that but we could do that later it was was like it's a frog twitter account but which is why he wouldn't tell me what it was but i found it oh but but he was aware that you were looking for it yeah i mean he was the one that told me that it existed to begin with and sort of the the part that was like the imbalance was that he had found my twitter without me telling him and so it was kind of like frustrating because he would like we'd be texting and he'd pull up like a, he'd like send me a tweet and be like, like that I had said or something like mm-hmm. that. And he'd be like, Oh, I know this is about me or so like, it was just frustrating. And so I needed to see, like, it couldn't yeah. be like, I needed to know what it was. This is interesting as well. It's like, this is instructive for anyone listening because what, what this guy is doing, this guy is, is like good at online courtship because what he got Addy to do is invest a fuckload of time in finding out this thing. And then the female brain says like, because I've invested a fuckload of time, I must really, really, really like this guy. Yeah, no, I definitely was like thinking that. It was also like in a, in, like, in a way, it's like you kind of want to be like, I know that he's based on his, um, you know, profession and stuff like that. Like this is not, certainly the account is not something that he would want out in the public. So I know that people don't really know about it. So it's like, I need to know about it because then not to like have something over him, but it's like, Oh, I, I know something about him that other women don't know about him, you know? Mm. And like, let me show just how invested I am. I'm going to like spend, you know, 20 hours parsing through these ridiculous accounts and whatever. Yeah, yeah. This, is, this is, I mean, uh, just to listen here, any guy who wants to attract a girl, maybe in real life, I think this is a great thing to do. Just like hint at part of the iceberg and make her like really annoyed and really frustrated and want to figure out the mystery. And by the time she solved the puzzle, she'll backwards rationalize that she really, really likes you. I think this is amazing, Eddie. I think this is like well played to him. Tell him Coach Bruce says like, well done. Maybe he's listening to these spaces. I'm not totally sure. I know he keeps tabs on. Like so, alt, like, as as soon as you found out his account, did you just tell him you found out, or did you keep it secret and kind of just like use um, your information somehow? 
No, I thought I, I told him and I like sent it to him. And then I had like almost a little bit of a freak out because I was like, I was nervous, even though he knew what I was doing the whole time. I was like, oh, my God, he's going to be upset with me that I found it. And then I was like, I'll block the account. I promise I'll never look at it. And then, of course, like I was looking at it every single day. Um, but yeah, but we've moved well, on. That, did, that was did a while post ago. anything fun. Was it interesting or was it like complete like um was it like a really fanatical or like what, what, what's your impression of these things? Yeah, yeah. Um, maybe I can modify that question a bit, Addy. Okay. <laughs> After you found the account, did you think better of him or did you think worse of him? Um, I don't think like I, I, I wasn't like. Well, this was it. Was, this is sort of like I didn't really know about this sort of type of Twitter before he had told me about it. But before I found the account, I was already like looking into like after I knew like after he told me like oh frog twitter or whatever then I was like looking into it because I was very curious so I wasn't surprised by any of this stuff I think I was actually like more um like his account is one that's very sort of it's not just like stupid shit like he's pretty he's a pretty smart guy so well it maybe is not sort of like my um the way I think about the world, like it was very eloquent. So I don't know. I was impressed by like the. the it was caliber. like an eloquent frog Twitter account. I don't know. I'm getting the sense. <laughs> I'm getting the sense, Daddy, that yeah. you're you're modifying your the way you speak because you're perfectly aware that he'd be listening now. No, 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 no. I like he uh, he. I knew about like it, it wasn't like it was like I found this account and I was like, oh my god, he like believes all of these things. Like I knew well before exactly no, no. what his I don't beliefs think that. were and everything. I, but but I, my my impression here is that the the detective work, the finding out and the mystery, mm-hmm. was more exciting to you than actually uncovering it. I think oh, the, jewel, yeah. the jewel you found was like pretty boring in comparison to just the excitement of like, fuck, I'm, I'm about to find him. Oh, yeah. Like looking for it was definitely more exciting. And like, it's almost like the not knowing was maybe more exciting because then yeah. I was like, would like look at accounts and be like, oh, is this his? But it was also very satisfying once I went through it all because um, I was like, wow, my, I like, I was like kind of impressed that the like, excel model that i had made actually worked so that was like yeah, exciting. Yeah, cool. but um yeah i don't know i mean i don't like look at it as much anymore mm. but i think it's a good lesson to guys as well like sure. maintain the mystery like don't if, as soon as you give in the mystery you tell her she solves it she's gonna lose all attraction to you or like most of the attraction well um, he didn't he didn't ever like say like yes that's mine because he didn't want it in writing but like i know that yeah he, like there's just certain things where, you know, like I know his, it, it, he has such a specific way of speaking that it, there would, it would be nearly impossible that it was somebody else, but yeah. Yeah. It's like, you can, you can analyze his writing and sort of know yeah, like, like when you, things he would say. Yeah. When you know somebody well enough and like you speak to them enough and especially if they have sort of a particular, maybe more unusual, like, um, tone and syntax to their writing you can just tell if you're you know even just mildly perceptive I guess Mm -hmm. but that's not really like a hobby but it's just I guess like things like that like I'll get really invested into something for a small period of time and then sort of move on um but yeah I like it thanks for letting us know you're a stalker I'm not a stalker this is somebody that I like know very well 
it was just, he was like, he was keeping it hidden from me and I needed to know. Women don't like to be out of the loop. So. Yeah. It's interesting um, hearing this from, from a woman's point of view, because as, as coach was sort of hinting to earlier for a man, this level of, of obsession, uh, of focusing in and really like wanting to find out some kind of sleuth, like truth, uh, via the internet, via piecing bit together bits of breadcrumbs and spending like two or three days just obsessing over something that's completely normal. Um, it's what we do all the time. Um, in fact, that's how most of us got into our, the position we're in uh, today, just obsessing uh, over over very strange things and uh, eventually stumbling over into crypto and obsessing over that for hours and hours, for months. Um, so that's, uh, yeah, t- totally normal. I think like maybe the difference with women in that respect, at least for me, it was for like, like I didn't care what I was going to find either way. And I didn't, I don't particularly care that he, you know, is like on frog. It doesn't bother, bother me like at all. It was more like this sort of pseudo sense of like closeness of finding the account and like knowing, I think it was like, it was entirely just about him. It wasn't like, I didn't give a fuck what he was talking about, actually. Did you ever like, did you ever pause during the process and think like, I I need to stop this because it'll kill the mystery or kill the love? No, I think I was more thinking during, well, uh, yeah, well, I thought I was nervous. He was going to be upset with me, even though he knew exactly what I was doing. I didn't want him to be mad that I had found it. Um, it was more like I was sitting there like staring at my Excel and I'm like, what, what the fuck are you doing? Like, why are you doing this? Like, this is so like, like actually what is wrong with you? Like, why are you going to these extreme lengths for just some guy? Yeah. But yeah. Was more of the- well, it's sort of like, it just goes to your nature too. It's like, if you're a curious person, like you know questions beget more questions and you just like go down this like this journey that you just have to you just have to find this answer because like some people like if they're going to do a job right they're going to complete it properly so it's like if you're going to go down this road it's like okay it's like admitting like you only got halfway is weird right yeah like it was he was almost like like again he knew exactly what I was doing but it, it was almost like he was surprised when I actually came up with you know, this, like I had, I think in the end I had maybe five accounts that could have been his and I just deduced that it was one of them, which maybe it's not, but it doesn't matter. The point is like, I, I'm confident enough that I believe that I was correct, but it's kind of like, you know, him knowing my, who I am, like, it's almost like he should have known that I was gonna, you can't tell me something and expect me to just like accept it and not, but you know what's weird? You know what's weird though? Like, so the social media experience, right? It's kind of like, it's sort of like a journal. It's kind of like become a peripheral brain, right? And normally, if you meet a person or you like have a relationship or something, you don't know everything in their head, their entire like, you know, universe. You don't know every thought that they have. Uh, it's like, it would be like literally like reading their brain directly. Um, so it is a bit weirder. Like, so I don't know. It's, it's either like, um, either it's more healthier and honest, or it's like just much less healthier and just simply like it, it'll lead to sort of like, cause I guess like everyone sort of compromises with, with people in a sense that like, you know, they're not going to see like exactly eye to eye with them. They're not going to necessarily like, um, have the exact same sort of like version of politics or whatever the hell it is right so you sort of like get over it because you don't know like every single nuance and 
I don't know. It just gives you too many reasons to um, like, it just gives you too many reasons to criticize in a sense. Like, I don't know if it's, it's something you want to know that much detail about. Yeah. I think maybe that's why I've sort of at this point, like, cause he's still somebody that I, you know, but like we're still um, involved or whatever. Um, now I don't really look because I don't, I'm like, yeah, maybe I shouldn't like now that it's, I, I don't know. Like I don't need to see that as much now. Um, but also I just want to say, because I know a lot of people on here are anonymous. It, a hundred percent I would not be able to accomplish this like the other way around like I would not be able to figure out like you would have to know a person personally I would have to yeah and I would have to have had like the criteria that he had given me in order to find it and it wouldn't work in the reverse because it was it was all like an analytics thing so Mm. nobody needs to be worried (laughs) that I'm gonna like do this to them yeah I I think it's definitely possible though like say you're in one of these spaces and you gradually get to know somebody or maybe you're in like dms or something Mm -hmm. with a guy or a girl and you start to mine information every little piece of information is like it vastly increased the probability of you finding them like yeah like if you imagine each thing is like a factor of 10 uh Mm -hmm. that gives you clarity on who they are it's like those probabilities really multiply very quickly um girls do this shit to me all the time they're like please please will you send me a picture of your eye please will you send Tell at least tell me your first name. It's, it's, it will cause no harm. I'll only know your first name, but at least then it's personal. You know my name. They'll say shit like that to me all the time, and like I can, I can, I know what they're doing. They're getting their little claws in. They're trying to dig for info. They're trying to piece it all together. And like, even if they don't find me, they want a very accurate image of me in their head. Um, yeah, a picture of your eye. I like that. Oh, the like funny thing is, I would recommend is, never. I want a picture of your eye now. Like, funny thing is as well. Eye. Funny thing is, like, um, I've been sent messages from my male friends on Twitter of like girls trying to dig them for information as well. Like, no names mentioned, but like certain girls have been messaging all of my friends on Twitter. Like, what's his first name? Where does he live? How old is he? All this stuff, like nonstop, like trying to get information, trying to piece it all together. So they're little, like, they're like mole creatures. They're they're burrowing all the time into into my mind and my friends' minds. They really want to be impregnated really desperately. It's horrible. Yeah, I would say like probably never to anybody listening that wants to stay anonymous. I would never tell anyone on here like any really like I would never even give sort of like in terms of like location or anything like that. Like don't give any specifics enough within like maybe like a hundred mile radius because I think then someone could definitely like find it. But yeah. Um, so, yeah. It was more like. Yeah. Out, why is? I'm trying to figure out. Why is everyone so paranoid when someone asks them, "Where do you live?" It's not a personal question. It's. Well, I think saying generally where you live is probably fine, but like if you're anonymous, like if you say what city you're in, then exactly what Coach said. Like anytime you give a detail about yourself like that multiplies the probability that somebody could Mm. actually find you by like tenfold because it's just so much easier to narrow down especially if you're like if it's a woman i don't think most women would have any like malicious intent here or anything but um yeah like i i don't know i don't yeah i would not i think it heavily depends who you are all right i don't know if it just depends who you are i just don't see why you have to lose well if you have something like if you have like a business or something or like a career where 
not necessarily that it would jeopardize anything, but that it could make things uncomfortable. Like, why would you put yourself in a situation mm. where it could make your real life, you know, you know, some yeah. that like some difficult conversations come up. Some like, people have like a professional uh, life that they want to protect, like, uh, or or suppose for the rest of us who who do, who quit their jobs a long time ago. Um, say you had a lot of cryptocurrency. Let's say you had a ledger with several Bitcoin on, uh, and someone could come over and wrench attack you. And a wrench attack is a type of uh, a type of cryptocurrency attack where where someone comes with a wrench or a baseball bat and he hits you over the head with it. Uh, and then they say they tie you to a chair and they say, "Tell me where your ledger is, and we're going to take your shit." Um, so then there's no. Yeah, if, if anyone wants to put their address in their bio or something, um. Uh, we'll we'll be sure to look into it. I mean, you know, it's entirely up to you as far as how much information you want to provide, right? Grover, yeah, they, can, the they can ask me for. It's not a gay thing. You're describing. They can ask me for where I live. They can ask me for my address. But if they ask me for my um, my seed phrase, obviously I'm not going to give it to them. Okay, but what if they ripped all your fingernails off? Yeah, what if they come? You're saying you'd give them your address. You don't like you don't know people online. What if somebody came and like waterboarded the? I, I wouldn't care. Out of honestly, you? honestly, I wouldn't care. If, well, you say that, but I guess you just have to find out, my friend. What's your address? Y- yeah, you, you, you haven't met any uh, particularly nasty enough people yet. I think like <laughs> that is very true. I yeah. could change your mind on that. <laughs> Moonrise. I think the problem here is that if you... they want to come to my house with malicious intent, and Moonrise. I think the fundamental difference is you have like 500 followers and the rest of us up here, like me and Sefi and, and Grover, we have like, I've got like what, 14,000 or something. Sefi's got like 66,000. It's a different, it's a different level. You know, people want to really take this out, but they don't really care about you. You might get a few like bums and, and hobos and stuff trying to target you. But us, we're like, there are people who we challenge, people who are trying to climb up the hierarchy. Who would in a flash take us out, man? That's crazy. That is very true. That is very true. Mind how you talk to my friend Moonrise, all right? Mind how you talk to him. Because, you know, we all have to start somewhere. We have to start at the bottom and then climb our way to the top. And you too once had the same measly, pathetic number of followers that Moonrise has. So just, you know, stay in your lane. Have some humbleness. Have some self-respect. And remember to demonstrate empathy for your fellow man. Well said, Zara. Yeah, well, we're just trying to make sure he doesn't get himself killed before then, right? Like, don't give out your address or whatever. I don't know. I don't get the, <laughs> I don't get the sense that anyone would probably ever want to kill Moonrise. I don't know what it, Do you like to be called Moonrise or Moreland? You've got two names. Uh, Moonrise. Um, a lot of people like Moonrise. Yeah, I don't think anyone wants to kill you, man. Like, don't take that personally, but I just, I just can't see it. You'll be surprised. The, like Pedro, news, Pedro, for example, news. Pedro, would you uh, take a, um, a baseball bat to uh, Moonrise here to take his seed phrase or whatever other information he has? No, I, I personally wouldn't. But there is, bro, there's fucking evil people out there. You have no idea. Uh, what, uh, remind us, Pedro, what you do for a living that way so people understand. I, I'm an EMT. I work in an ambulance service for 911 emergency call, so I see shit. So you've totally yeah. seen all of this. I, I get it, yeah. I, I see all kinds of assault, shotgun wo- uh, gunshot wounds, stab victims, all kinds of shit, bro. 
Pedro, is it true? Uh, is it true that when you're out on your uh, like your rounds, right? You go, you're driving around. It, isn't it true that like sometimes like the people you're picking up to literally save their life, like they might like flail at you or assault you or like? Absolutely, it's happened. Yeah, it, it's happened. Are you serious? Even us, even like the two people that are in the ambulance who are trying to like do a community service, they fucking attack us. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm those one of those need, people. Those people need to die. I'm one of those people who've attacked uh, ambulance operators. So that's me. I'm out there. Thank you for sharing your truth in this space. I know it's hard to be vulnerable in front of like 70, well, I don't know, can't really count, 25 people. Um, but we're all listening and we're, we're holding this space for you. I mean, I think we should rename it Confessions. Yeah, it's it's therapeutic to confess these things because I'm in a public setting. I'm at Tesco's and there's like women and children all around me. Um, it feels it feels good to be so open. Hang on. Wait, last time uh, I was in a shop, I was queuing in a shop um, and I was encouraged to sort of confess. I, I can't remember exactly what you were trying to make me say, but I was feeling some resistance. I remember feeling resistance to uh, to wanting to, to talk about this, this sort of stuff. Mm. But then I remembered that no one speaks English in that shop so I can say whatever I like. Yeah, they all speak English here. And also, I don't have my headphones with me, so you're all on loudspeaker in the shop, which is really funny. Thanks <laughs> Walking for along with you blast Tesco's out. is shit. Huh? Tesco's is shit. You have yeah. to actually pay for that steak and milk. Oh, look at Mr. Waitrose over here. Ooh, ooh, someone's getting their jersey milk from Waitrose. Coach, stop, what if- Stop stealing that croissant. Coach. Coach, what if somebody in the shop like follows you on Twitter and they hear you talking and they're like, wait a minute, those voices sound a little bit familiar. You're going to have a yeah. situation on your hands similar to what I did. I did a little bit of maths. Like if they heard just my voice, I think there's like a certain probability of them knowing who I am on Twitter. Like imagine if they follow me secretly or something um, without me knowing. And But if there are like two voices speaking or three or four or five, it's like vastly bigger that they're going to know one of you. Um, is yeah, it's interesting. Earlier, I was like standing next to this this woman. I think she's gone now. But I was standing next to this woman, carrying on a conversation with all of you, and uh, and I was speaking to like Addy back and forth, and then like three other people started speaking. I think she was pretty confused because I think she thought like I was speaking to my girlfriend or something. And then it's like ten different voices come out of my phone. <laughs> so have you just been? That's that funny. That's funny. I logged on real quick to want to say what's up to everyone. What's up, Sefi, Coach, Addy. Grover, Zara, and Moonrise, and what's up, now what's up, what up, guys? And K Yeppy. Hope Thanks, you're all Christian. doing well. I hope you're well. I think you've got a really cool job, and I like your profile picture because you're blowing smoke, and it's like it could be a strawberry vape, but it also could be a cigar. And that aspect of mystery, I think, really adds a lot to the dimension of your profile. That's great. Yeah, thank okay. you. Good stuff. Good stuff. Keep it up. Mm. So, uh, yeah, where were we again? Uh, we got to Addy's sort of like a uh, little um, maybe internet Twitter obsession. So, uh, Grover, um, so w what was your uh, rabbit hole of uh, intrigue and uh, like deep uh, obsessiveness or whatever? Hmm. Um, I think the problem I've got is it's not exactly ADHD, but it's certainly a proclivity to not spend more than three months on one thing so i get to a certain level of depth so like maybe guitar or badminton or golf or like i don't know uh crypto i've stuck around a bit longer but 
maybe I've had a few phases in crypto, but I never get that that deep into it. I get to a level where it's like, oh God, this is going to require a lot of time. <laughs> I'm gonna maybe maybe you should pick something else up. That might be funner. Um, I don't know if that makes any sense whatsoever. Bro, that's not true because you you're married, and I never managed that. I've only have been obsessed with a woman for like three months. Uh, well, look, uh, I think she's asleep. Well, I think you know I can probably I can probably talk honestly about my marriage for a moment if that's all right. Um, so, coaches made a very good point, which is very hard to sort of you know to stay on and interested in one person for three months. So, what I've been doing is I've been going. <laughs> she just attacked him. <laughs> yeah, it's just broke his phone. This is no good. That's so cool. Good for her. Imagine being married to Grover. It's like hell. It's like a. It's like a twisted, psycho, messed up thing that I could never dream up. Even if I was trying to think of like a torture method for Moonrise, still wouldn't be able to get his... Uh... I think, actually, what if Moonrise married Grover? That would be so random and cool. Do you guys like agree with that? Like gay marriage? Between don't don't wish that. Don't wish that upon me, Zara, please. For the love of God, please don't wish that upon me. <laughs> Grover, when you were talking about that, did your wife just come in and like beat you? Like what happened? You you just suddenly stopped talking. Mm, I don't want to talk about it. Mm. So uh, yeah, so but, but like let's say uh, what was the most uh, recent uh, maybe internet obsession of yours that just you like it's completely unacceptable uh, to tell everyone else, right? Like what would be that thing? Uh, you know what? It, uh, the last the last weird obsession I had was pretty like perfume, like like um colognes and things like that and i was like ordering samples and like and i've got like boxes that i've ordered like boxes and boxes of perfume samples from different niche uh manufacturers Wait, this is for yourself or for your wife yeah yeah, yeah for me and i was just oh, like yeah. smelling them what did, you, <laughs> like, what, what, what did you order like what which brands Oh man, all kinds. I liked Maison Francis Cote de Jean. That was a good one. I mean, like yeah, they're these... they're really good. Yeah. Oh, that that I think it's really really unique. You know, um, <laughs> like it's it's funny. Like uh, I, I, you know, Creed is quite boring. I hate Creed. I think it's shit. Um, I think they're all kind of very very watery, and they just so don't you, last. So you have like a seconds. specific thing for like men's sense. Like that's your you you actually like. I don't know I mean, about that anymore. I mean, I've still got all of them, but I just like, I just suddenly lost all interest. Like after maybe like, well, maybe a bit longer than three months, maybe it was over COVID or something. I was just like ordering these things and like, yeah, I was just kind of interested. Like, I think I was in the office one day and I just smelt. And I was like, Oh, that's, that's fucking nice. You know what? I wonder if I can find something that smells nice. And then I was just like, I just bought one. And I was like, Oh yeah. That's not so bad. What, sparked, what sparked this obsession Robert? Well, I was just Can explaining. You say that you're exploring yourself and your sexuality. Um, I don't know if it's sexuality. I mean, I was going out at lunchtime at work, and I was going to like you know like a department store, and I like, smelling them and getting a bit high actually. Um, if you ever sm smell a lot of these things, if you have like smell four or five, six, you're kind of just huffing this this stuff, and you're like, fuck, you know, I'm a bit it's, sort of it's getting weird because I've been thinking, I've been thinking of like maybe uh, picking up some sort of cologne, right? But like. Um, I, I was thinking to myself, ah, eh, you know, I don't know, but I didn't go down Grover's pathway here of actually like ordering shit and like just going out to the store and just start checking them out. Like it, I was thinking to myself, hmm, like maybe, uh, like my wife hasn't bought me any of these things in a while. Like what the hell's going on? 
or something like that. But I didn't really think to myself, hmm, I'm going to go and like, you know, go on like a journey, like a little sniffing journey to find out like what I want. Right. I just didn't think of doing it myself. You should. I think every single man needs to have a, like their cologne in the same way that women have their special perfume. Every man should have a cologne. That's my. I'm back. Oh, but you, you guys, I didn't hear like part of that conversation because I was doing the checkout. But you guys just reminded me of something that that Russian mystic uh, George Ivanovich Gurdjieff did. He had uh, he had his students do these peculiar tasks to get in touch with their senses and become more aware. And and one of them he gave to someone was he said, "Stay in this room." And it, it was a room with like a hundred books. And he said to them, "Stay in this room." And the only way you're leaving this room is if you can correctly identify each one of these books by smell. So he had this guy like stay in this room for like two months, uh, smelling each book again and again and again. Like he'd open like the Bible and smell that. Then he'd open another book and smell that. And, and Gurdjieff said like at the end of, um, at the end of like, uh, you know, uh, the six month period or whatever, I'm going to test you. And then after that, you can be like my apprentice and, and do the proper teachings. So he, so this guy like stayed in a room for like three months, um, meditating on the smell of books, like smelling each one, one by one. And, and over time, gradually learning how to discern each one from each other um, and eventually like managed to do it after three months or so. Developed like dog-like level of smell um, and discernment through training, like became so acutely aware of his, of his sense of smell that he managed to like discern these very tiny differences between books. Um, yeah. And then he became like one of his full fledged students and then he got the real teachings. It's one of these like stupid, stupid, like, um, hazing rituals. If you like spiritual hazing rituals, he had another guy like, um, keep digging holes and then he'd fill them in again and then dig them again. And then whenever he came to Gurdjieff, he was like, uh, you know, I, I keep digging the holes and filling them in. What's going on? And he was like, mm, you're not ready yet. So you have to go back and dig them again and again. And like, after doing it for like nine days in a row without sleep, he was like, okay, you're ready. Like you finally reached the point where you're so tired that your thinking mind switches off and you've reached the point of like pure awareness um, where you can be receptive to the teachings. <laughs> he was doing this shit all the time. It's like stuff I do. I remember reading and thinking like, if I had a set of students, I'd fucking do this shit too. Sounds so funny. You know, I was, it's like uh, raining and uh, I really like the rain and I built this house to like where I can look out the any windows, I can look out and I see sort of like uh, like our little garden outside where my wife does all the little flowers and things like that. And then past that is like a river and then past that is like just fields. So, and then past like way in the distance is like some other people's houses and stuff. And uh, what I like about it is like, you can see the rain at a really long distance. Like it's, which really looks cool. The density of it, like the, the you know, out the openness of it and uh, like, I, I specifically like bought this spot to build this house to make sure that like you could see the rain like this and see the lightning and all that. It's anyway, so that's kind of like a little obsession. I probably spent uh, a specific significant amount of time like <laughs> getting this like mm, like plot or whatever to make this possible. Um, Grover, mm. what what? Sorry, and now I'm like stuck on this. What what cologne do you wear now? Ah, uh, what do I wear now? You know, I'm kind of a bit cheap at the moment. I'm wearing like a weird Mont Blanc thing. Um, they, they, there's a couple of them I quite like. There's one that smells a bit like bamboo. Um, and it's, it's called... one of those two quid ones from Lidl. <laughs> yeah, well, 
Yeah, the yeah, little ones. I mean, your your mother got it for you, Grover, at at Christmas. <laughs> no, uh, that wasn't this time. Uh, that was the last one. No. Um. Well, I, I was going to make a point here. What was the point? Oh yeah. So uh, the other thing, just thinking about this, was um, I was kind of interested in like how, like memory formation. You know, how, could you enhance memory formation using like a certain smells? You know, sort of rem- you remember distinct things like yeah, you I'm, definitely like, can. Yeah, yeah. It was just like okay, well, how can this how can this impact? Because like COVID is like every day is the fucking same. So how do we differentiate the days here? In fact, like, how do we Robert, mix- do it this way: do do a specific odor, and then also do a specific music, and it's really yeah. really potent. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like music festivals like always have the same kind of smell. <laughs> not a nice smell um, and then they've also got very interesting music so you always remember them pretty well um and i was wondering maybe like how do i differentiate between the days a bit more here uh, while we're all locked up and being shot at by the police grover you should i don't know if you're still you said this was more like a three-month thing but um there's this brand and they have sh- i mean i don't know where you are in the uk but they have like um shops in london too but you can order it online it's called um Le labo and they have this quiz you can take where um or it's not like a quiz but it's like a form that you fill out and it's like this um olfactory like sort of thing um and you like will put in like what's your like um strongest like olfactive memory and stuff like that and like a couple other things like your favorite like um like brands stuff like that and then they'll um from your information like pick one of their scents that they think would most align with um sort of like your personality and like some of the things that you like it's really really cool it takes a where, like, where do you do this bit, but, um the brand is called le labo i'll 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 link it up at the top but, so, but it's like a place you go to to do this or it's like online you, or you can do it online if they don't have like a shop near you but like i love going and i'll probably i literally go into there like once a month but one of my favorite perfumes is from um Le labo but all of their scents are unisex which is pretty cool but like some of them to me smell a little bit more feminine and then some are definitely like a little more masculine they have like three tiers of scents i think um but it's actually pretty cool because they'll also do like a city by city one so um london has a scent that you can only get in london and um like new york has a specific scent i think new york is their bergamot scent i think and like paris has a specific scent they're actually doing this thing in september right now where you can buy the scents from other cities which normally you can't do and it's only for the month of september um but yeah it's really cool they're like a really really cool brand and i think they're perf- they're like perfumes and colognes are like i mean they're definitely not cheap but they're on yeah. par with like probably what you'd pay for um see the funny thing is now like else. i cannot at this point i can't just walk into a store anymore and just go buy something right like between you and grover um i'm pretty sure you've uh like I'm gonna, I'm gonna like think this. I'm gonna overthink this pretty much every time well, I think of this. You mm. should overthink it though, because I think like perfumes and colognes are truly, I think, like windows to the soul. And I was trying to like usually on my birthday, I'll buy a different perfume every year. But like I found this one perfume last year that I liked so much that I feel like is so tied to like who I am now that I think it would be weird if I started wearing a different perfume. But like that is, I think that's how strongly like you should resonate with the scent that you wear 
Yeah, I, yeah. There's a really, really interesting sort of whole spiel, marketing spiel around this. But uh, I just want to mention one other. Um, Labo, oh, yeah, I definitely saw those. Um, I never bought them because I think like the full bottles are like like 250 quid or something. I can't remember. And I was like, ah, I don't know. Um, but um, there was one, uh, there's one sort of independent perfume maker uh, from Manchester, a very, very gay man called Aaron Terence Hughes. And um, he made some some really interesting ones, things called like Daddy and Slut uh, and things like that, like really sort of like alpha man. Sort if, of I ever get a, if I ever get a haircut, it must always be by a gay man, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They know uh, what the yeah. fuck they're doing, that's for sure. Right. Well, try getting <laughs> your hair cut by a, a French woman you can't actually uh, communicate with. Um, like, uh, it turns out a number four, like, you know, you know, this coach, a number four in England is like quite short, but not that short. But and then she thought I meant like four millimeters. So she like started buzzing my hair off. I was like, fuck, man. And uh, anyway, right. Back to the point. Um, right. Yeah, no, uh, definitely. I think you can do the quizzes and stuff and like you can buy a big bottle, but I, I just like to buy hundreds of tiny samples. You know, just like, and then you just have a big box and then just like sniff them all one by one, maybe like with some coffee beans to like clear your nose out. Um, and then you like, because if you smell them all like consecutively, number one, you get high. Number two, you, you won't be able to differentiate between them anymore. So it's a little coffee beans in a, in a jar and then that clears your head out and then you can start smelling again. But um, yeah, that, that was a weird, that was a weird sort of tangent. Uh, I still have a big box of them. Um, and I just sort of like, I don't know, just go and spray them sometimes like, ah, cool. Nice. Um, one weird thing, actually, too, when I was at the drum and bass music festival four weeks ago, I was walking along and I was like, ah, oh, I know that smell. I went to this bloke. Oh, you're wearing um, Allure um, Odesport um, O Extreme. And he was like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> and and um, it was just like a very specific Chanel um, perfume. And he was like, what the fuck's going on here? And I did it in a, you know, I did it in a French accent as well, just to confuse him. Um, okay. But that's another story mm -hmm. for another time. Yeah. Um, does anyone else like not like I used to be a big perfume head, but then I just stopped wearing all of them because I wanted to like realize what I actually smelled like. That makes sense. Um, and now I just now when I put on perfume, like it's I used to like cover myself in it. Mm. And now my mum got me this really nice expensive perfume from some shop in London. I don't know, maybe it was one of those. It's like a customized one. I haven't even worn it because like I mean the bottle looks cool, but like. I just want to smell like me. Like, I don't know. I, I don't want to smell like a bunch of like weird other people. I don't know. <laughs> no, I agree. I agree. I, I think I'd, I'd say much more than that as well. Number one. Okay. So you, you covered a few points there. Number one, um, a girl with too much perfume is the most repulsive fucking thing in the world. Um, it's just like horrible. You don't want that to happen. Number two, Abby, it, it's weird that you say like perfumes are the, the window to the soul and things like that because they're really hiding the soul. Like, they're, they're obscuring, they're obfuscating the soul. I don't think it's anything like that at all. Well, um, I think if you, no, 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 you have to not. find one that works with your pheromones, that's why some perfumes don't smell nice on certain people. Like, I truly think, like, that is such an important thing, which is why before I buy a perfume, I'll buy, like, a sample and I'll wear it for a month to see. Because it only, like, a perfume that smells nice on me might smell disgusting on someone else. And like a perfume that smells really Addy, good on someone Addy, else might smell gross on me. Addy, why aren't your pheromones good enough as they are? They are. I've had so many times where I've like not been wearing perfume and someone will be like, what are you wearing? And I'm like, it's, so, Addy, and I'm not like, saying do you, that. But... Do, you, do you think of it from the angle of like, all right, so you wear this and you're providing an experience for someone who's near you. 
or is yeah, it more like your 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 that the experience that they have smelling it affects your experience of yourself or something like that it's like this feedback loop or something i think it's kind of both like with the perfume that i mostly wear now which is the the labo another 13 like i've had people stop me on the street and be like what are you wearing or i've had a couple occasions where people will be like oh are you wearing another 13 and they've said like oh I, that normally smells like i could tell what it was but i've only smelled it on like i think like somebody said they'd only had it smelled it on a guy which i thought was interesting because i think it's a more like feminine fragrance but i think it's like i don't know it's like something where maybe to other people like um like if they smell the scent it's did i do that no Um, that was me (laughs) like if they smell the scent they'll be reminded of you or something like that which i think like that is really nice or like i'll smell things sometimes where it reminds me of somebody but in a similar way like if i smell um peach iced tea it reminds me of like my grandparents so i think there's just a very very strong um connection and like this nostalgia that you can have through um through sense and i think that's why like um the like lilapo questionnaire that i put up top is like the proust one because that's what he talks about in in swan's way i think is where the the scene comes from with like um the Madeline's, the Madeline cookies and stuff like that. I don't know. I just think it's a really, really cool experience when you have a scent that really like resonates with you and is like so tied to who you are. I don't know. I just think it's really cool. Mm. I think the opposite. I think I think uh, wearing aftershave or cologne or, merf- or perfume is like straight up cheating. I think it's a way of tricking people around you. I think through evolution over millions and millions of years, We've learned to use our noses to detect the pheromones and the smells in other people to identify them as, as friends or foe or mates or if they can be trusted or if they're you know people who can lead us to safety and stuff like that. I think that that wiring, that mechanism, and it's been proven many, many times. Um, women can tell like the, a guy's sperm count just by by smelling his like sweat drenched T-shirts. There've been different studies and things. I don't know if you've read these. I think Zara might be likely to have read these things, um, where uh, like a load of guys get uh they do exercise and then they they drench their t-shirts in sweat and then these are given to women to evaluate they have to like smell them for a minute each and then you know uh, fill in a little survey uh, kind of a, a Likert chart or whatever with the seven point scale of like you know how dominant is this guy how attractive is he um would you trust him and stuff and and the the capacity to do this from smell alone is amazing um it's like amazing and i think one of the other interesting things was there was this study I think I heard recently that there was a study like this, except when the women wore birth control, they were no longer able to discern um, who the guy was from smell, which is also quite interesting. But I think overall, yeah, Zara, you probably can talk about this afterwards, but I think overall for me, smell, like the way you smell is a reflection of the quality of your soul, right? I think the way you live as a man, especially the way you live determines how you smell, both the smell of your breath and your body odor on all levels. And I think. For instance, if, if a man is living a really terrible life, maybe he's sheltered, he doesn't have many friends, he's not in his mission at all, he's not running a business, he's not doing anything he wants to do, um, you know, he's living like a complete sheltered pussy, a hermit, a recluse. I think in that case, the man obviously stinks. And, and his stink is like a, a repulsive force to scare away the women around him and say to the women, you know, this, this man is a low quality guy. He doesn't deserve your pussy. He doesn't deserve you to bear his children. I think that's like a, an amazing sign. And here's the thing as well. It's, it's a compassionate thing. 
Because when the guy wanders around and all the women run away from him, he knows, you know, I'm fucking up. I am fucking up. I should, I should live in a better way so I can smell better, so I can get more pussy. It's, it's a direct feedback. Now, imagine the same guy, the same loser, who's wearing some expensive scent. Um, I don't know anything about aftershave and stuff, but imagine he's wearing like a, you know, one of those Gucci, like $200 scents or something. And women think he's like the, the chad of the town, like they're, they're attracted to him and stuff. In that case, if they hook up with him, if they have his children, they've married a loser. They've been tricked, right? They've, they've inadvertently married a complete fucking loser who can't raise their children. And then what happens? Okay, so the child suffers. She suffers. She's tied to this guy. And he's the father of her child. Um, and also, like, the, the guy has just, like, he's, he's fucked up a child and someone else's life other than just his own. And I think that's terrible. I think, for me, I'd, I'd rather do away with all these scents and things. I'd rather have everyone's smell be like a, a, a direct um, caused scent from the, from the, the, the basically reflects who they are as a person and their, their quality, their integrity in the world. So let's see. Let's see if anyone can guess. 99% of the time, uh, what am I wearing? Between, like, uh, yeah, what am I, what, am, what, uh, uh, what hoodie and t-shirt and jeans? Not clothing. Uh, Jared, you're a bit late to this discussion, so uh, shut the fuck up. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, no, uh, yeah, we're talking about uh, colognes and things. Oh, um, I don't know. Probably you probably like- wear uh, Dior Sauvage. Uh, uh, Sefi, you wear Dior Sauvage every day. You spray it in the morning before breakfast, uh, at lunchtime, and in the evening. Five, five times. I was, was going to say, say probably nothing. Like, is, is, um, is Zara the only one that supports? I go me? with. I go with usually nothing. So um, it's like uh, it. Uh, I think uh, my wife tends to prefer like nothing because I she never that's... she never asked me to wear anything either, which is interesting. So it's like. I think pretty much uh, like so that means she loves you, man. That means but she. Lo- I, that, all that means is that she loves you. I think like, the assumption that you're making, coach, is that like women aren't discerning enough to be able to tell when somebody is like, like you can like a perfume or a cologne. I think should enhance. I don't think it necessarily masks. Like even if somebody's covered in perfume, I can still tell. Like if they no, you can't don't smell good. Yes, you I can. Yeah, <laughs> stud- studies have been studies have been. That, Studies have demonstrated the- that half of a woman's brain is, <laughs> is her nose, is the olfactory glands. A half of a woman's brain is her nose. So you can obviously trick that. Like, it's not like a guy. A guy, his, his olfactory, um, the region of his brain that controls that is like one-fifth, uh, sorry, like, I think it's about, maybe you can correct me, Grover, it's about 2% of his brain. But in a female, it's about 50%. So obviously, Either, either way, uh, Coach, I'm going to do the uh, questionnaire at the top, right? And I'm going to order whatever the fuck it tells me to order. And then I'm going to see what happens. I just want to, this experiment is uh, interesting to me. Um, I support like Addy based off vibes, even if like, I don't really wear perfume, but I just wanted to say um, about when you were saying about the estrogen thing with like women and birth control, my mm. friend went off birth control and um, obviously that's estrogen. And then she took something I gave her that lowers estrogen further. And she said that she felt like she could smell again. And we went on a walk through a park, like we were on holiday in York and like, she like cried because she's like she was like I feel like I can see better I feel like I can smell better and she usually struggled with her eating um like having really bad feelings of anxiety when she ate like eating disorder stuff and she like ate something and she was like I don't feel sick and and like yeah it just kind of reminded me off topic there carry on yeah it's very cool I had um an interesting story maybe so um 
when I was at university, there was a guy I got to know at the gym, and he seemed to be like a conventionally quite macho guy into lifting, into different sports and things. And he was into like going out and, and talking to girls and stuff. Like he'd, he'd call me before like Friday nights and say like, do you want to go out and like chat up girls and things? And um, we'd go out together and have a good time, like like just kind of very laddie and very masculine. And um, throughout the course of this, I'd also trained him at the gym. Like I trained him how to do um, powerlifting, you know, bench press and squat and deadlift and stuff. I trained him up, put him on a program. And like every few weeks, I kind of check in on him and see how he's doing. And this was a guy who I thought was like, completely normal and like a normal male who was um into all the conventional male things and then um i fall out of touch with him for about a year and then one day i'm walking down um like one of the the main paths of the university and this this person in a dress is coming towards me and uh, they say my name like loudly and i look up and i'm like what the fuck is and and then like they get closer and i realize who it is it's that guy um, and he's wearing like a full dress and he's got breasts. Like clearly there's like mounds there on his chest. Um, and he's got like long hair now, but also stubble at the same time. And he's like, Hey, how are you? And I'm like, what happened, man? And then like the moment I say, man, he kind of like f- furrows his brow, like disapprovingly, like he's, he's been annoyed by the pronouns lately, clearly. And, and like, um, and then we sit down and, and we talk, uh, and he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like soon after. Um, you were teaching me lifting and stuff. I had this like big realization and, you know, I I realized that I'm actually like a woman and because I went to the NHS, like the national health service in the UK and I talked to the doctors and and I said, like, how do I transition? And they said, you have to go through this like three year waiting period to transition because you can't do it straight away because they need to be very sure because obviously, you know, putting someone on hormones or a sex change is like a major fucking thing. Um, so it's like if I walk in and say, um, yeah. I want to have my genitals changed, but then I want to change my mind afterwards. It's not cool. Yeah. But, but even, even the damage of, of say hormones and stuff is like, it's quite a big, it's quite a big thing. So yeah, they needed sure. to be sure. So he said like, they have this two, three year like pathway process. Um, and he was like, he, he was like, I decided like, fuck that. So he just started ordering loads of estrogen and stuff like from Poland, like these dodgy European pharmacies. He ordered estrogen. I don't know what the other stuff. Um, you would probably know better than me, Sefi, but he ordered like a few different things like the, um, what's, what, what do they typically put them on? Estriodol or something. Yeah. They usually uh, put them on estriodol and like, and what uh, else? Like some, all right. Like it inhibitors and things and whatever, but what, okay. Um, anyway, so I got talking to him about this and he was like, yeah, yeah, I just ordered them all. And I've been injecting myself for the last like year and it's going really well and stuff. And like he clearly had fucking breasts, which was ama- was like f- phenomenal for me to see. Like they had clearly like just grown out of his chest <laughs> in like a I, big I way. A, I did meet a guy at the coffee shop today, by the way, that was like the spitting image of Boy George. You remember Boy George? Yeah, you know, yeah. Karma Chameleon and all that. Yeah. Like anyway, that's this interesting thing. <laughs> I just think about this story. Um, so when somebody does something like that, I'm, I'm like very curious because I'm like how has their experience of the world changed? And this guy before was like quite autistic. You could even call him like kind of an Asperger's guy, like not very socially aware. Like we'd be on nights out talking to girls and stuff and he wouldn't really know what to do. Kind of all be a bit like memorized and and no real like intuition or discernment naturally of what to do. Um, And he was like, I don't know, not very socially aware. Like he would probably score pretty high on that autism test. Not as high as Do Kwan, but like pretty high. Um, but then, then I asked him like, how has your experience of, of life changed? Like, and how has your experience of, 
of relating to other people and girls and guys and stuff changed. And he was like, it's been very interesting because since I've been injecting this estrogen, um, it's like every week I get more and more in touch with my emotions. And he was like, he said, like, for the first time in his life, he could really clearly identify all of his own emotions. And he also said more than that, um, he was he had become like super sensitive to the emotions of people around him when in the past um, he'd never really been aware at all. Uh, so he, he, it's like he'd, he kind of had this interesting transformation from this, this person who was like very autistic and very unemotional and very unaware of other people to suddenly he was like having a rich inner life of emotions and like awareness of other people's emotions and, and stuff like that. And he also said his, um, you reminded me of this because he said his, his vision had changed as well. He said like all the colors are brighter and like more interesting and like he can't help but like when he walks past flowers just stop and smell them and stuff and he was describing these like really girly things that he was doing now that he just never cared about at all so it was really fascinating like speaking to him you were saying like i should probably like uh maybe soak myself in estrogen for a while or estradiol effect generally speaking like it raises like serotonin and makes you more neurotic and worry more which is why women turn into bitches at certain points in their period and stuff because they're like estrogen maxing yeah and when friend yeah. went off estrogen then and raised her progesterone and she was chill maxing so but maybe something to do with like a man uh, going on estrogen makes them like i mm -hmm. don't know they feel that neuroticism for the first time or something i don't know it's yeah. hormones affect us all differently so you know yeah, it's like he found his balance point or something. It was very interesting mm -hmm. to hear because he, he genuinely sounded like a lot more psychologically healthy having done it. Um, did, did, you, did it tempt you, Paul, coach? Did, did you consider asking for some of those Polish estradiol pills? Or? No, no, but like I respected it for sure. Like I was like, he like he decided he wanted to do it and then two weeks later he was fucking injecting, which was amazing to me. Ballsy. so inherently masculine to do it that way you know what i mean <laughs> like just yeah, yeah exactly my girl. kind of girl you know what i mean it's like i when i when he was telling me this stuff i was thinking like that's that's my kind of girl you're my kind of girl <laughs> oh no we've friend away katie katie is so nice she messaged me saying um that i'm fun in spaces that's very kind of her in spaces you have a good brain zara thanks i'm great myself um Anyway, what have you guys been up to today? You guys been chill maxing? I bought uh, one of those. I bought one of those like squirty cream things. It's like pretty keto, which is cool. Yeah, like 0. 0. 0.5 grams of sugar. Nice. Wait, sorry. What did you buy, Coach? Can you explain? I don't have a, a mouthful of cream. Oh, did you hear the song? Oh, you got a can of whipped cream? Yeah. Like squirt cream. Oh, is it one of those things when Americans hear like squirt cream and they're like, hey, dude, that sounds like squirt. <laughs> is that why you said it? It is, isn't it? Um, I'm just scrolling down and like there's so many random, like every, there's a guy here with an Indian profile picture, like the Indian flag, and his name is just nobody in capital letters. Can we like invite him to speak? It's interesting, isn't it? Because um, there's like a certain balance point, I think. You know, if you're in one of these spaces and you have like a one hour conversation and there are about 30 listeners, I think that's acceptable. Like it's acceptable for people to be in the space listening for one hour. But then if they keep coming back like again and again and again and again, and they're in about 10 of your spaces, 
listening like a voyeur for, for like 10 hours in total, that becomes pretty creepy. What do you think? Do you think like there's a stage at which it becomes just inappropriate to continue listening and you really need to fucking enter the arena and, and speak to people? I don't think so. I mean, it, it depends on the person, right? Some people have some forms of anxiety and they find it hard to get up and talk to people that they've never met before and they might find it uh, quite daunting. In my opinion, like I totally, I totally respect that. And maybe some people just want to listen. They're too shy to come up on stage. As a kid, I was very shy, so I can kind of relate to it. Yeah, but the thing is, I can't like listen to spaces without pressing like request to speak instantly. Because like if I'm listening to people talk, I want to talk to them. And if I'm not listening to them talk, then I'm I'm just I feel like I'm being perverted. You know, like, I just feel like I'm being like. Mm. I'm just listening to these people. I'm making judgments on their character, like subconsciously, like you know, yeah, I'm building a picture of them. But I never, they don't, they never know who I am. Like that's so crazy to me. I want to know all of you listeners. There's also like a a kind of a threshold escape velocity point, right? So, so if you're in one of these spaces and you're just listening, after five minutes, it's of a certain difficulty to to start speaking. And then if you're listening for an hour, it's like it's like way harder to start speaking then because you're like more and more disconnected from the general vibe of the conversation. Where's, oh, is Sefi gone? I think you may be. Sefi, you're still here. Uh-oh, space might die. This is wife got home. His wife's got home. It's over. It's over for space heads. I wish spaces could migrate the host from like it would just promote a co-host to host. Pardon, Bruce? Yeah, they suck in a lot of ways. Yeah. I was so bummed last night at like two in the morning. I was on a Twitter space and it was like coin, it was to- coin telegraph. And they had a bunch of, uh, I guess, uh, big Twitter people on their space. And one of them was Charles Hoskinson and he came up to be a speaker. And I'm like, holy shit, I got to get up there. I got to speak to Charles Hoskinson. I'm a huge fan of his work and love everything he does. So I'm like, you know, this is my time to to go like, you know, thank him for everything he's done. And shortly after he hopped on as a speaker, the space crashed. I was heartbroken. Pardon, Zara? Who who is that person you're talking about? Like, is that like some crypto guy that's like a big deal? Yes, Charles Hoskinson is the founder of uh, Cardano Ada. He's, He's a pretty pretty uh influential character in the space he he co-founded ethereum with uh vitalik buterin and gavin woods all right thanks for checking out another episode of the ether that was a cheppy space obsessions recorded on thursday september 15th 2022 for terraspaces.org i'm finn thanks for listening down the street in my six foe. I never had a six foe. A kid can wish though. I snapped a wishbone and grabbed a fistful. Chilling with the dopey, this a weed is all I wish for. I'm feeling blissful. I got a missus. My ginger always down to ride no matter what the mission. I'm singing this song. Got a couple albums out. We do all right, but it ain't really shit to write home about. Like to feed the fishbowl. Keep my stories mystical. I like my beats. Boom, bap and rap to be lyrical. I'm feeling cynical. Craving a little ritual. Save my place in line while I try to find a miracle. I keep looking and looking and looking, but never find nothing. We've been lied to, thinking this surprise under super secret lies. Motherfucker sneak inside, going dark. Now believe me when I say this shit is do or die.
Going dark now, believe me when I say this shit is do or die. Going dark now, believe me when I say this shit is do or die. Trenches, trying to stay offensive Trespassing here like this land looks expensive Ain't no time like the present Trying to stake a claim Just make sure your claim stays away from all these other claims We're almost kind of running out of land here Living in the day of the dead and it's damn weird Same teams y'all, we just trying to get a bite to eat A little rest saved up, waiting for my time to sleep Head down, middle fingers up, yo I'm wide awake Never hesitate to stay about a hundred miles away Seven time and space, while I wreck and ball the place I expect you all to play, running marathons today When the... Sick get sicker and the rich get richer It might be about time to rearrange our dinner Fix the system, the shit, it's all nixed Waking up early, gonna suck today's Going dark now, believe me when I say this shit is do or die Going dark now, believe me when I say this shit is do or die totally gonna take care of Angela, man. He's, he's great. He's a wonderful lab partner, so it's gonna be cool. We'll keep an eye on her. Why don't you go fuck yourself, you weird little prick? I'm a teacher, okay? You can't talk to me like that, guy. I'm not a student, so I can say whatever the fuck I want. Two spaces.